You're listening to Plug In to Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. Welcome to Plug Into Health. I'm your host, Angela Dea. The date of this recording is Thursday, December 17th, 2020, just one day after an historic day for Prevea Health, its HSHS hospital partners, and the communities we serve. Our systems provided frontline healthcare workers in Green Bay with the first round of COVID-19 vaccines allotted to us by the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. Now, as we ramp up to vaccinate even more of our staff throughout the state, our minds are also heavily on our communities, as we know we'll have the best chance of putting an end to this pandemic when this vaccine can be available to all. We aim to make this episode short and sweet to give you the most up-to-date and important information you're looking for about the vaccine. We have Dr. Ashok Rai, President and CEO of Prevea Health. He's also a frontline physician and someone who's been on the front lines of keeping our communities informed throughout this time. He's our guest today. Dr. Rai, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Angela. Let's start with where are we at currently in terms of the status of COVID-19 vaccine availability here in the U.S.? So right now, we actually only have legally one vaccine available to us. That's known as the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Any hour now, hopefully we'll have the Moderna vaccine approved by the FDA, and we'll have two approved vaccines here in the United States. The supplies aren't as, they're not as many as there are people in the U.S., so we'll have to keep making it. But we are off to a good start. So we know the Pfizer vaccine is now being administered to frontline healthcare workers across the state of Wisconsin and across the country. At what point will the vaccines become available to the rest of us, to the point where someone can call or log onto a website to make an appointment? You know, we're months away from that. Right now, it's all about production and then getting it into everybody's arms. So phase 1A, healthcare workers and those that live in long-term care and those who work in long-term care like myself, that's what's going on right now. Uh, we'll quickly uh, go into essential workers as soon as we have a bulk of 1A done. So in the state of Wisconsin, though, that bulk is a lot of people, almost a half a million when you start looking at Wisconsin healthcare workers, Wisconsin residents in long-term care, and those who work in long-term care. And it's not as easy as you might think to get this shot in people's arms uh, in that short time of p- time period. But I would hope that by the end of January, as we look into February, we start moving into essential workers, quickly working through there to our highest risk patients by the end of February, early March. Are you able to define when you say essential workers? I know that's pretty broad, but what does that include? So actually, I'm not allowed to say that. Uh, There's actually two committees that make that decision. At the CDC level, that committee is the ACIP committee, ACIP. And then they make recommendations to states, and states have the opportunity to fine-tune that. In Wisconsin, that committee has been very active and working very hard on this. They're known as SDMAC, S-D-M-A-C. You can Google that. And that committee meets uh, twice a week, and they're working on that essential worker list as we speak. Wow. Just learned something new there. Thank you for that. Break it down for us in the simplest of terms how this vaccine works. So the first two vaccines that we're going to see, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine, are known as mRNA vaccines. What that is is a little piece of genetic material that is designed to enter into your body, surrounded by what we call a lipid coating or a little fat coating. So think about a little fat droplet being injected into you. That fat droplet allows it to enter into cells without breaking down. 
that fat droplet disappears when it goes into a cell. And that little piece of genetic material known as messenger RNA or mRNA is carrying a message. And it doesn't go into the brain of the cell. It doesn't interact with your DNA. It interacts with a part of a cell called a ribosome. And think of a ribosome as your protein factory. So the mRNA and the ribosome, they team up. And they create a protein called a spike protein. That spike protein is the exact same spike protein that COVID-19 uses to infect us. And what we do is we get an immune response because that spike protein our, our body doesn't recognize. So it creates an immune response and it remembers that immune response. So if it ever runs into that spike protein again, it's going to say, no, not here, not allowed. And your immune system will defend you and destroy anything that has that spike protein from infecting you. So to clarify, you're not actually getting a live COVID-19 virus similar to other vaccines. You're not getting anything similar to COVID-19 other than the spike protein, but you're not actually getting the virus or anything similar to it. And it's important to understand that messenger RNA just disappears when it's done. So I love using this analogy because I'm old, but I heard there's a new Mission Impossible movie coming anyway, so maybe the younger <laughs> people will watch it. But for those of us who've ever seen Mission Impossible, that mRNA is that video cassette or that CD or DVD. It comes in, it tells your body what the mission is, what the enemy looks like, how to kill it, and then it self-destructs in five seconds. And that's essentially what mRNA is doing. It's coming into your body. It's not affecting your DNA in any way. It's not affecting any permanent changes in your body. It's a message to your body to say how to defend itself, memorize this, and I'm going to go away. What do we know about any potential side effects from the vaccine? You know, when we start talking about short-term effects, they're not really side effects. They're really effects of your body responding to the COVID-19 vaccine. As you mentioned, I got it yesterday. Uh, most common thing you'll have is throughout the day, you'll start to develop some arm soreness. That's your body reacting to that mRNA coming in and starting to create that spike protein and cells, you know, moving towards your arm and moving to create that, that immune defense. And as part of generating that, you can feel a little tired. You can even develop a small temperature. That's your body working. That's your immune system working. And it's a really good sign. So I hate calling them side effects. So that could last about a day or two. Now, people were followed for months after receiving this vaccine. Tens of thousands of people were followed for any long-term effects. And about 95% plus of long-term effects that are seen from a vaccine are seen within the first eight weeks. And we didn't see any in the studies. So this is a very safe vaccine. You will feel it working for a day or two. But those aren't side effects. That's your body doing its thing. And that's similar to what we can experience with other types of vaccines. I, I think of my my daughter when she got her vaccines as a, as a baby. She always sometimes would spike a fever after or be a little bit more tired. I mean, this isn't new. No, not at all. We always tell, you know, as a former practicing pediatrician as well, we always mention that your baby could be a little crabby uh, for a day or two. Um, after having a vaccine. Fortunately, I'm not crabby today, uh, but it could happen. Uh, even if your dog gets vaccinated, you're warned by the vet that they could sleep that day. It's, it's no different. It's the immune system that you've always had 
that you trust to respond to a vaccine that's responding to this vaccine. Okay, let's do a little bit of a a round of myths versus facts. Uh, First myth, uh, the vaccine was developed too quickly, and therefore we cannot trust that it's 100% safe. Your response? This vaccine was developed very quickly, and it is very safe. It was developed quickly because of some unique characteristics. COVID-19 is part of a family of viruses called coronaviruses. They carry a type of the spike protein. So the researchers already knew the genetic code to aim for. They didn't have to spend years trying to figure that out. That's a huge head start. And really the other head start was all the money put into this. Normally a vaccine company, a pharmaceutical company, would have spent years trying to justify the expense of the research that was put into this, and never would they actually start producing the vaccine until it was approved. All of that was sped up because the financial risk was taken away from those companies. Everything was bought, whether it works or not. And thankfully it worked, and they were able to prove it worked through really good research. The same three phases every vaccine in the United States has to go through, this vaccine went through. And it's important to understand that we are very, very happy with the results. For as fast as it happened, because in science we know why the speed was there. It was work ahead of time that we were able to copy from, and a lot of money. And that's what made it fast. But we found out its efficacy, 95%. That's amazing. And its safety profile being very, very safe. And watching yesterday, I was able to witness um, some of those first vaccines given to our frontline healthcare workers who are brilliant medical minds. You know that, for me, that's how I know it's safe, is when I see people who are experts in science and medicine getting these immunizations. You know, that was a point to us doing that and having you videotape us yesterday. When you have an infectious disease specialist, a couple internal medicine specialists, a critical care specialist, ER physicians, you know, we, we know science. That's what we've dealt with our entire lives, our professional careers. We read articles every day. We're not going to let you put something in our arm that we, do, that we don't think is safe or that doesn't work. Myth number two, the vaccines were developed to control the population through microchip tracking. No, that's called an iPhone. <laughs> there are no microchips in this uh, vaccine, but you may want to talk to Samsung and Apple about their chips. <laughs> Good response. We'll leave it at that. Excellent response. Uh, another myth. The potential side effects of receiving this vaccine, and I know you don't like the word side effects, but the potential side effects of receiving this vaccine outweigh the benefits of receiving it. Not at all. Really, the benefits are huge. And those effects that we talk about, your body reacting, those are good things. Everything is positive about getting this vaccine. And I'm being very honest about that. I wouldn't have put it in my, let somebody put it in my arm or had somebody else put it in my partner's arms if we didn't think so. You know, as a CEO, the most important thing you think of every day is is the lives of the people who work for you. And those are the ones that we're vaccinating first. And I would also offer this to my own family members, and I hope they take it too. Before we go today, your words to anyone who may still be on the fence about whether or not they will receive this vaccine when it becomes available. Listen to reputable sources. You know, talk to your physician. Sit down and have a conversation Call us up, listen, do your research. Social media is not a evidence-based scientific journal. 
and make sure you're reading and listening to the right people on this. And if you're still hesitant, make sure you're having a discussion with somebody, a real conversation. Maybe with your doctor. Hopefully with your doctor. <laughs> Anything else you want to add before we, before we close out this episode? No, not at all. I really do hope that if you do have questions about this, you'll continue to engage with us in this conversation. We're learning something about COVID-19 every day. I'll leave you with this last thought that my bonus daughter left me with last night. When I had to explain why we should get a vaccine, this virus, and we've said it since day one, needs humans to live. It needs to replicate to survive. It can only replicate in a human body. It can't replicate on your couch or on the TV or on the table that my elbows are leaning on right now. It can only replicate in a human body. If we take that ability away from the virus, it dies. So the virus walks into a room. It sounds like a the virus walks into a bar joke. And everybody in that bar has been vaccinated. The virus dies. And that's our goal to get everybody vir- uh, vaccinated so this virus dies so we can go on with our lives. Yesterday was the beginning to an end. The beginning to an end. Thank you, Dr. Rye. And thank you to our listeners. If you are a first-time listener or it's been a while since you've tuned in, don't miss our other episodes. We recently recorded an episode with Aaron Rogers, pro quarterback and a longtime member of the Purveya family. He shared some really inspiring words for all of us to keep our physical and mental health in check throughout the course of this pandemic. That episode is titled Off the Field, On the Mic with Aaron Rogers. Thanks, everyone. And we'll be back with a new episode of Plug Into Health real soon. You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Provea Health. To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit purveya.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your healthcare, you should consult with your healthcare professional. You can learn more about Purveya Health at Purveya.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Purveya Health.